0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that knows how you feel about all this Christmas business. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're returning to the well of beloved Peanuts holiday specials to talk about the one that started it all and why it almost never happened. The day was December 9th, 1965. A Charlie Brown Christmas aired for the very first time on CBS. It was the first animated TV special based on the popular characters from Charles Schulz's Peanuts comic strip. Like many of the 44 specials that would follow it, the original was written by Charles Schulz, produced by Lee Mendelssohn, and directed by Bill Melendez with music by Vince Guaraldi. The Peanuts Christmas Special was unexpectedly mature and melancholy for an animated holiday offering. The show had a lot on its mind, taking aim at the commercialism of Christmas and devoting much of its runtime to a wistful search for meaning. It's all the more surprising, then, that the special was originally conceived as a way to sell soda. In the 1960s, Coca-Cola and Pepsi were locked in an ongoing advertising war for domination of the cola market. The ad agency representing Coca-Cola decided its next move should be to sponsor a family-friendly TV show, preferably a holiday special centered on an already established brand. To that end, the agency called a young documentary film producer named Lee Mendelson who was known to be working with Shoals on a short film about his life. The agency asked whether Mendelssohn and his team could deliver a Peanuts Christmas special in just six months. The producer replied, yes, without even thinking of whether the comic strip's creator would actually sign off on such a deal. Thankfully, with a little convincing, he did. Scholes quickly hammered out a story that followed Charlie Brown trying and failing to direct the school Christmas play. Mendelssohn suggested the plot include a Christmas tree, and Scholes obliged by having Charlie Brown adopt a scrawny little tree that all of his peers would mock relentlessly. A few days later, the two men sent a one-page story treatment to Coca-Cola, and the company signed off on it right away. Despite the success of the long-running Peanuts comic strip, no one involved in the special thought it was actually going to work. It's hard to imagine, since it's so iconic now, but there were a lot of factors working against the special while it was in production, and a lot of them stemmed from controversial choices that Scholes insisted on personally. For starters, he demanded that the Peanuts kids be voiced by real children. This meant the crew would be working with mostly non-professionals, many of whom were too young to memorize their lines or even to read in some cases. Most of the child actors had to have their lines fed to them a few words at a time, which was done by the long-suffering director and voice of Snoopy, Bill Melendez. You can find traces of this process in the final product. There's not a lot of rhythm to the sentences, which makes them sound a little choppy. In fact, if you listen closely, you can hear the seams between words where different parts of a line were stitched together in post. The untrained actors were just the first of many notes from Scholl's that ended up jeopardizing the project. Another shakeup came when he refused to let the network include a laugh track to highlight the jokes for the viewers. It's hard to picture the low-key special with a laugh track, especially since it obviously wasn't filmed in front of a live studio audience. But canned laughter was a staple of TV comedy at the time, even in cartoons, like the Flintstones, for instance. However, when producer Lee Mendelson mentioned the idea to Scholes, the artist quickly shot it down. When Mendelssohn pleaded that the special would drag without it, Schultz put his foot down by standing up and leaving the room without a word. A few minutes later, he reportedly came back and carried on as if nothing had ever happened. Mendelssohn took the hint and gave up on the idea of a laugh track. Another point of contention were the special's heavier themes, such as the commercialization of Christmas and the climactic scene in which Linus reads from the Bible. Scholes insisted on those elements because it was important to him that the special explore what he considered the true meaning of Christmas, and that's why Linus reads the story of Jesus' birth straight from the Gospel of St. Luke. This was a pretty risky move at the time, because according to The Atlantic, less than 9% of Christmas episodes and specials from the era contained religious references of any kind, much less direct quotes from scripture. Surprisingly, CBS didn't object to the inclusion, and neither did Coca-Cola. However, producer Lee Mendelson was nervous once again. He told Shoals that no animated character had ever read from the Bible before, which, to Shoals, was all the more reason to do it. He told Mendelson, Well, if we don't do it, who will? You might imagine that CBS and Coca-Cola must have really liked what they saw if they let the religious theme stand without pushback. But in reality, an executive from Coke's ad agency actually visited the crew halfway through production and said the special was shaping up to be a disaster. And CBS thought the same thing when they screened an early cut just three weeks before the premiere. The network said there was too little action and that the whole thing moved way too slowly, not to mention the low-energy voice acting and the jazz soundtrack, which they found annoying. Bill Melendez later said that the network would have scrapped the special altogether, except that they had made a commitment to coke and it was too late to back out. So the show went on as scheduled, and to everyone's surprise, viewers tuned in in droves. In fact, 45% of all American TVs in use that night were tuned to the special, accounting for roughly 15 million people. And as for that annoying jazz soundtrack, provided by pianist and composer Vince Guaraldi, it became iconic in its own right. The tune, called Linus and Lucy, even went on to become the theme song for the whole Peanuts brand. A few months after the special aired, Charles Schulz and Lee Mendelssohn found themselves on stage at the Emmys, accepting the 1966 Award for Outstanding Children’s Program. The Peanuts Christmas special was the surprise hit that no one had seen coming, and that includes Charles Schulz himself. As he later told TV Guide in 1985, quote, “The continued success of the special has surprised me as much as anyone. A lot of the drawings are terrible. Of course, those terrible drawings were based on his own designs, so take from that what you will. The executives at CBS were also caught off guard by the success, though they moved quickly to capitalize on it anyway. Soon after the special's premiere, the network called Mendelssohn and ordered four more peanut specials, with many more to follow. Less than a week later, CBS also announced that it would rebroadcast the special the following Christmas, launching an annual tradition that's continued across various networks for more than half a century. The main difference between the original broadcast and its yearly re-airings is that the Coca-Cola branding was removed from the opening and closing sequences. The glowing reception of A Charlie Brown Christmas encouraged CBS and other networks to invest in more primetime holiday specials, many of which also became part of yearly family celebrations. In fact, the very next year, in 1966, CBS premiered its second animated holiday special, an adaptation of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But that's a story for another day. A story for December 18th, to be precise. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.